Well, good morning once again. Good morning to those of you joining us online. We are glad you are here as well. We're in a series right now called A Word to the Wise, and we're really diving into the first nine chapters in the book of Proverbs. And the wisdom that it has to offer us, um, I think, is so relevant in a world that seems at times to have gone crazy. And part of the reason um, for this series at this time, um, as I kind of look out and plan things, um, something is going to happen next year that happens every four years in our country, and it is a election. Hey. And since it went so seamlessly last time, um, with no conflict or harsh words, I've figured it might be good to go back leading into this time and talk about wisdom. Um, the other day we were at lunch, um, Chuck and I, and our waitress shows up with his food and he says, she says, okay, I have a Democrat and a Republican. And, and my first thought was, and imagine in 2019, a Democrat and a Republican side by side. Um, this is at Torchy's Tacos, if you're wondering. Their tacos are called different names. One of them is a Democrat. One of them is a Republican. And so, um, I don't know, I just, I thought that was funny. I guess y'all didn't, but. So anyway, we'll move on. Um, Thank y'all very much. Like, and, and just for the future, well, as we're talking about wisdom, for the future, um, a courtesy laugh would be nice. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, no, as we start talking, um, we, we make decisions at times that we're just sitting here thinking, well, wh where did that come from? Why did we make that choice? Why did we do that? And we look back with regret. Um, I found this. Online, you hear about this all the time. People tweeting things or putting things on social media that cost them their job. Um, this lady puts on um, Twitter, Cisco just offered me a job. Now I have to weigh the utility of a, fat, a fatty paycheck against the daily commute to San Jose and hating the work. So, uh, like, not having the job yet puts this on Twitter. And the reply is this. Who is the hiring manager? I'm sure they would love to know you will hate the work. We here at Cisco are versed in the web. I mean, to, to put that on social media with a company whose world is centered around media and electronics is one of those things. It's like, what are, what are we thinking? But... Maybe you haven't put something on social media that you regret. Maybe you don't have social media. But my guess is, somewhere along the way, you have made a choice, you have made a decision that you regretted. That you looked back and thought, oh, what was I thinking? As we talked last week, um, one of the things that, that you'll notice is most of the time those decisions we make wasn't because of a lack of knowledge. Most of the decisions that we regret 
weren't because we did not know what the right thing to do was or what the good choice in the moment was. It, it wasn't about that. So somewhere along the way, that means it comes from a different place than just here. And wisdom deals with this question, how do we live in the world? How do we live in the world in a way that is good and just and right? And ultimately, your ability or inability to make wise decisions will directly affect the trajectory of your life over time. Your ability or inability to make wise choices will directly affect the trajectory of your life over time. And every single person in here knows it's true. Because you have had moments that you regret, that you wish you could take back. And for some of you, you've had a front row seat to watch others that you love and care about. Make those choices, make those decisions, the whole time, knowing what they should do in the moment. So goodness and wisdom are connected. If you go to the wisdom tradition, one of the things that you're going to find is wisdom and goodness are connected. And I think they're connected because wisdom is also connected back to creation. So in Proverbs 3, and again, as I said last week, these aren't going to be on the screen. Um, I want you to listen and hear these words. Um, if you want to find what passages we were reading from, they are on version. Um, if you go to the live feed, you can find what, what verses we're reading. But listen to these words. So by wisdom, the Lord laid the earth's foundations. By understanding, he set the heavens in place. By his knowledge, the watery depths were divided, and the clouds let drop the dew. So wisdom is connected back to creation. Wisdom, this ancient Hebrew word, is chokmah. It was there in the beginning. And it was a part of the creation story. It was a part of the narrative. It was by wisdom that God laid the foundations of the earth. It was by wisdom that God set the heavens in place. So wisdom was connected to the creation narrative. But if you remember back to the creation narrative, as God creates the earth, he looks at his creation and continually uses this phrase, God saw that it was good. It was good. God creates the earth and it was good. He creates animals and it was good. He creates plants and animals and it was good. He creates people and it was good. And on the seventh day, God looks at all he has created and said, it is good. It is very good. And so goodness and wisdom in the wisdom tradi tradition are connected. It's a part of it. And if we, you remember back to what we said last week, one of the primary questions 
that Proverbs is dealing with is how do we live in this world? Ultimately, how do we live in this world in a way that is good and right and just? Goodness and wisdom are connected. And so God gives this good creation. He puts man and woman in the garden. And he says, you have this responsibility to take care of this good creation. You are a steward of it. You are to work the ground, to take care of it, to help it progress and go somewhere. But what happens in the beginning is man and woman abandon that calling. And they find themselves on the outside of the garden. And man and woman, mankind throughout history, is stewarding creation in a direction that it was not intended to go. And continually we see this idea of moving eastward, away from the presence of God. And that's what sin ultimately is. Sin is stewarding creation in a direction that it was not intended to go. Because it breaks down the relationship with man and God, and it breaks down the relationship with mankind altogether. Sin is stewarding this creation in a direction that it was not intended to go. But if you remember back to how the book of Genesis ends, Joseph has had these terrible atrocities that have happened to him because of his brothers. And his brothers meet back up with him in Egypt. And Joseph looks at them in this moment and he forgives them and he says to them, you meant this to harm me. But God meant it for good. So somehow in this creation that has been stewarded in the wrong direction, God is taking the bad and he is somehow making it good again. He's redeeming it. He's restoring it. He's making it as it should be again. And you see this throughout our world Every single time you hear about a tragedy, think, think back to things like 9-11 or the Amish school shooting or natural disasters of hurricanes or fires. And you see this inherent evil so many times in these moments. But in the days, weeks, months, years following them, you see people taking what was bad and somehow repurposing it for good. Making the bad good again. Stewarding it in a direction that it was designed to go. Which sounds a lot like Romans 8, does it not? God is working for good all things for those who are called according to his promise. So we have this responsibility, just as in the garden, to be a steward of creation, to be a steward of ourself, to be a steward of the creation that's around us, to be a steward of the relationships that are formed in other people around us, and to take God's good creation and move it forward in a good direction. But like we said, what happens so many times is we take creation 
in the direction it was not intended to go. Because our words are a good thing. But at times we use them in ways that are not good and not healthy. And don't bring life but bring death. Sex is a good thing. It was meant for procreation and for life and for enjoyment in this marriage context. But so many times we'll take it outside of that context. And we'll use it for something that it was not intended for. And you see this continually with this creation narrative that's gone astray. That's lost, lost sight of its focus. And so in Proverbs you have Lady Wisdom who's calling out, welcoming all to come to her table. Because in wisdom you will find life. But there is another lady personified in the Proverbs story. And it's Folly, the adulterous woman. And every bit as much as wisdom calls out to you, so does folly. And there's these warnings that continually show up through the writings. In Proverbs chapter 1, it says, My son, do not go along with them. Do not set foot on their paths. For their feet rush into evil, and they are swift to shed blood. How useless to spread a net where every bird can see it. And then he, she says this, These men lie in wait for their own blood. They ambush only themselves. So to follow folly continually talks about death and Chapter 5, for the lips of the adulterous woman drip honey, and her speech is smoother than oil. But in the end, she is bitter as gall, sharp as a double-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps are straight to the grave. She gives no thought to the way of life, and her paths wander aimlessly, and she does not know it. And then in chapter 7, then out came a woman to meet him, dressed like a prostitute with crafty intent. She is unruly and defiant. Her feet never stay at home. Now in the street, now in the squares, at every corner she lurks. And then if you skip down to the very end of this section, her house is a highway to the grave, leading down to the chambers of death. And so what the writer does is he says, here's this personification of wisdom. It is this woman, and she's in the streets, and she's calling out to everyone, come to her. And if you find wisdom, you're going to live right and good and just in the way that God has intended you to. You're going to steward creation in a healthy direction, where it's moving God's good creation forward. But just as wisdom calls out in the street, there's another lady calling out in the street, but this one doesn't just call out, she seduces. And she invites everyone to come and find her. But the difference in the two ladies 
If you find wisdom, as Proverbs says, you find life. But if you follow folly, it always leads to death. It always leads to the grave. And without even telling you how this book works, my assumption is you see it all around you. And it's not just about knowledge. It's not just about knowing the right thing to do or the good thing to do or the just thing to do. It's about actually doing it. Because our assumption is almost always, well, we need to teach people. Because if people knew the right thing to do, then they would do it. See, wisdom is not just simply about knowledge. It's about being good and right and just and living in relationship with creation in the way that we were designed to. In Proverbs chapter 3, the writer says, Do not hold, withhold good from those whom it is due when it is in your power to act. Do, do good to people when you have the opportunity to do it. Do not say to your neighbor, come back tomorrow and I will give it to you. When you already have it with you today. And we look and we start compiling our list of do this and do this and do this and don't do this and don't do this and don't do this. But one of the things you'll look at, is it wrong to withhold good from someone? When you have the power. Can't necessarily say it's wrong. But the better question, is it good and just and right? Is it inherently wrong to say to someone, I'm not going to give it to you today when I already have it. But I'll meet up with you and give it to you tomorrow. It's not inherently wrong, but the question is, is it good and just and right? Are you treating people the way that you want to be treated? Are you responding to people with love and compassion and kindness and goodness? See, we have this limited set of resources. You individually have been given gifts and talents and resources. And the question I think Proverbs makes us ask is how are you using them? Are you stewarding them in a good direction with what you have been given? Or, or are your resources being used to give life to people and to this world? Is it good and just and right? 
Which brings us to Facebook comments. Um, as we head into an election year, um, one of my favorite places to avoid is social media. Um, it's amazing some of the things that you will see in the way that people talk to one another. And the th things people would say to someone else behind a screen that they would never say in person. And I, I just wonder, is that, is that the best use of your resources? Is that the best way to use the gifts, the talents that God has given you to bring good into this world? See, I think it brings up an important question. What is truly important and what truly matters in this world? Right now, there are 24.9 million people who are involved in human trafficking that are basically slaves. Of those basically 25 million people, half are in sex slave, slavery. 844 million people in this world do not have clean water. 700,000 children in our country are neglected and abused. And it seems we're really good about complaining and criticizing. We're less good about actually acting and doing something that will make a difference. And I wonder as you look at your life and the focus of your life, what you answer or how you answer the question, what am I here for? What, what is my purpose? Because I can point to numerous things that seem to lead to death. The highway straight to the grave. But I can also look at numerous things that seem to lead to life. That bring hope and healing and restoration into this world. You know, as we said in the forgiveness series, we are a forgiven community of forgiving sinners. That, that we bring forgiveness into this world. We bring restoration into this world. God's plan has always been that His people would bring His presence into this world. God's presence in this world comes through His people. Starting with Abraham, and I'm going to call you, and you're going to go to this distant country, and you're going to be a blessing. The whole world is going to be blessed through you. To these priests who God called and said, you are going to represent me to this world. The world will know what, you, what I am like because of you. It's our calling that we are a royal priesthood, a holy nation a people belonging to God. We represent God to this world. 
And wisdom says that we will do that in a way that is good and right and just to bring life. But to follow folly, to follow the seduction of the adulterous woman, simply leads to death. And so I ask, how, how do you use your resources? How, how do you use what God has gifted you? Because this goodness is a part of the creation narrative. It's also an attribute of God. God is good. God is just. God is right. And we are His image bearers. And I think so many times in our world we want to stay safe. We want to do what we think we should do, what's going to get us by with the least amount of work, the least amount of conflict. But God is calling us. Jesus, to his disciples, said, you need to count the cost if you're going to follow me. Why why would anyone go out and start building a tower and not really count the cost and see if you have enough money to build it? Because wouldn't wouldn't people laugh at you? If you started to build and you said, well, I'm out of money and I don't really have the ability to finish it. Or if a king was going to go off to war, wouldn't he look and make sure he has enough people in his army before he actually engaged in the battle? Before he moved forward, wouldn't he count and make sure he had enough to go up to, into battle with this king? He tells you to count the cost of following him. We want to play it safe. I love the book, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe by C.S. Lewis. And there's this interaction with Lucy and the Beavers, Mr. and Mrs. Beaver. And can you put that up there, Dustin? Lucy's just now discovering, I'm sorry, Susan's just now discovering that Aslan is a lion. Aslan is a lion, the lion, the great lion. Oh, said Susan. I thought he was a man. Is he quite safe? I should feel rather nervous about meeting a lion. Safe, said Mr. Beaver. Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe. But he is good. He's the king, I tell you. What Jesus has called you and I to was never meant to be safe. It was never meant to be about comfort. It it was never meant to be about control. It was simply about abandoning everything that you have to follow him and to build his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. To make him Lord of your life, to submit to him as king. And it's not safe. It's going to lead you into places, if you truly follow Jesus, it's going to lead you into places and circumstances and situations that are difficult and hard. It was never meant to be easy. There was always meant to be a cost. Because for God, it cost him everything. It cost him his son. And for Jesus, it cost him his life. This was never supposed to be easy. So a couple of things as we close out this morning. Why are you here? Why are you here? 
And does your life matter? Because it makes me question what it is that I pour my time and my energy and my talents and my resources into. Is it for good? For what is good and just and right? Is it for building the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven? And secondly, it reminds us to pick the right battles. Because there's a lot of battles we spend a lot of time fighting and arguing about in our churches, in our communities, in our world that don't have that big of an impact. But what does matter is the kingdom of God coming to earth as it is in heaven. We read a a passage earlier that Joseph read for us from Matthew. And it talks about these men who were given talents or bags of gold. One's given five, and he goes out and he works with it and increases it, and now has ten. There's another one who has two, and he goes and works with it, and the, the master comes back, and now he has four. And there's another that's given one, and he does nothing with it. He has nothing with it. He sits on it. And the master is angry at that servant. But to the other two, he says, well done, good and faithful servant. Are you stewarding creation in the direction that it was intended to go? And do your words, your relationships bring life or do they lead to the grave? Because the seduction of the adulterous woman is real. And I think we all have felt it at different times. But Lady Wisdom calls out, come, find life in me. Father, help us to look at our life and to simply ask the question, are we stewarding your creation in a healthy direction, in a good direction? And does our life bring life and hope and healing and restoration to people? Because we have been restored and found hope and life in you. Father, Jesus is our life. He is our rock. We want to bring your kingdom to this world, on earth as it is in heaven. Father, may we, as your image bearers, as the people who represent you, be stewards of what is good, bringing life to this world. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.